Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I've got my whole Monorail family here in the Monorail Studios with me today. Let us start by introducing... Oh, Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail. How are you doing, Samantha Monorail? I am good. Yeah? I Actually, I feel really good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would. No, nope, can't sing it. We'll get <laughs> copyright strikes. No, seriously, though. <laughs> Audio jungle. There we go. We're fine. <laughs> I feel uh, healthy, young, vibrant, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. Great. I went, went out and didn't have drinks with people who were drinking. I, that made me feel yeah, good. So. You did it. Good job. Woo! <laughs> Killing it over here. Glad to have you back on the monorail. I'm always here. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, I'm glad to have you. I'm the backseat driver. I'm also glad to have. I feel the exact opposite of everything that was just <laughs> mentioned. McKenna, I don't think you've come up with a fun nickname in the year of 2021. What's up with that? I don't know. 2021 hasn't. It's not happening yet. It is, I tell you. <laughs> no. It's I been feel happening for like, what, 24 dry, days? Dry. Dry? Dry. And old. Yeah. And achy. <laughs> you should drink some and water. And unhealthy. You're like a, you're like a raisin. My nose hurts. Okay. It's okay because McKenna's gonna start working out with me in yeah. February. All right. You're gonna get eight pack abs. Heck Congrats, yeah. your raisins. <laughs> <laughs> and all you can eat is raisins. And finally, I don't know. You what? What is wrong with you all? You have a shtick. You've dropped your shtick. Come on, get with the program. Nah, I feel I feel pretty good. <laughs> but what's your name? I don't remember. You're Garrett Monorail. Chef Nene over there. I'm Chef Nene. All right. Hello, Chef Nene, a.k.a. Garrett Monorail. Hello, Jojo John Jin Johnson. He's dead. <laughs> bring him up? John John Johnson? John, John, Is it Jojo? John, Jojo John, John John Johnson. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're all here. But we have to also introduce our virtual guest today, sitting around the table with us via the magical... Morning monorail video hotline. It is Landon the Dawsdone. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Hi, everybody. It's me, Landon, coming from the isolation station above. Uh, Sam, congratulations on uh, two weeks free of drinks. But me, on the other hand, uh, will continue to drink uh, pretty much every moment that I'm awake, which is why I will die in approximately 12 minutes. No! <laughs> that's, too, that's too soon. We can't lose the star of the show. Sorry. People will. No, I don't think McKenna's going anywhere. Also, you got the Raisin King over there, uh, who's apparently a chef now. So y'all will be fine in my absence. Whatever. We need you. Today is January the 25th, 2021. This is episode number 144 of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, and this is our final week of one show a week. 
ever ever doing a show. This no. is our final week ever doing. Bye, a show. I'm leaving. It all we start Not anew. The Raisin King. <laughs> we start anew on February 1st with our 5 day a week program and uh, man I'm excited. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I'm the only one. Yeah, way to volunteer for all that extra work that this is going to put on you. I think maybe I'll debut our new logo midweek. Yep, okay. Well, spoiler alert, it shows a lot of male nudity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And the, it, it's being called a monorail. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> Hey, before we get into the Disney topics of the day, I would like to give Skipper Bob a shout out because on Saturday night, he... I was robbed. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Don't scream into the mic. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> on Saturday night, he hosted the Cretans Guild Women's Battle Royal for the first ever Women's Champion, Women's Cretans Guild Championship to be handed out. And uh, Samantha Monreal, I just want to say, good effort, but I, I guess you couldn't live up to the legacy of Justin Monorail holding that Cretans Guild t- title. Did you see what I did? I took her mare bear and I grabbed her and then I took her to the ground. A superplex That's out of the I'm ring. Trying to think. Mm-hmm. You superplexed her out of the ring. That should have killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's done to see you walking. Today. Yeah, well. Samantha Monorail. I mean, I'm pretty fierce. I'm stunned that she came back from that and I feel that I was robbed. <laughs> you went down fast. You must have used all your energy in the Battle Royal because. I mean, to be fair, she did go through a barricade wall. That she will did. take a lot out of a competitor. She she did. You know, um Didn't you didn't didn't she lose to like a swinging neck breaker or something? Like it wasn't Yeah, a, yeah, the finishing maneuver was uh not nearly as exciting as being put through a barricade, yeah. but you know, shoulders on the mat, one, two, three, even outside yeah. the ring, because this was an extreme rules yeah. false count anywhere match. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, it. Sam, I love you, but it really feels like you have no excuses here. Yeah, well, I I <laughs> I actually just getting beat by someone who has a cuddly name is just sad, <laughs> you know. Wait, who who defeated you? Mare Bear. Mare Bear. The Mare Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I could have taken her in real life. Sure, you know. <laughs> uh oh, is this a real? <laughs> wow. Is this a real challenge being issued? I would right just now? like to say I could take all of them in real life. Wow. And, we're uh, shooting here, okay. and Jin would definitely be the first one out of the ring again. <laughs> okay, oh. <laughs> I'm, the demon uh, Samantha Monorail just over here machine gunning everybody. Um, We're shooting, brother. We're shooting. <laughs> I'm gonna get my butt kicked. <laughs> I'm just. I don't kidding. know. I think Weems might have the reach on you. If I'm being mm-hmm. completely honest. Mm-hmm. McKenna, I want you to know that your name was invoked several times during the broadcast of the Cretans Guild Women's Championship because they decided that had you been participating, you would have just creamed everybody. It wouldn't have even right. been a chance. You would have you would have destroyed because while while Samantha Monorail was playing playing a demon, you yourself are a demon. I be- I don't <laughs> believe that I could win in any proper fight in real life, but I feel like if Anta- like uh, antagonized on the street mm-hmm. with no rules. Yeah, I will kill a man. <laughs> and that's exactly why she wasn't entered into the fight because because so. we didn't want to have any suckers killed. In yep. reality, she's actually really weak. Yeah, no, I'm really weak, but I my 
If someone's trying to go for me, the first thing I'm going to do is try to jump on them and take their eyes out. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if that would work. try to... Well, you have to immobilize them. So, because that's all I've got. All I've got is have, to like, be able to rip their eyeballs out. And they just stab you. Fine, then I guess I'm getting stabbed <laughs> while I'm ripping somebody's eyeballs out. Yeah. Well, see, again, that's, that, that's why you couldn't enter the Battle Royal. Ripping somebody's eyes out grounds for a disqualification. So. I would also like to give a shout-out, though, to the love of my life. A half-eaten Subway sandwich on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> what? Truly oh a tale as old as time. Wow. Beauty the and the Subway sandwich. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why am I... Your beauty. Shouldn't it be Subway Sandwich in the Beast? <laughs> I would, someone needs to make that. I would read that story. Subway Sandwich in the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not topping that. Good night, folks. McKenna, I want you to walk around now and start going, eat fresh to everybody. <laughs> like in community? Yes. No, no, no. no yeah. that, that was, that was in the office. No, it wasn't. No, that was no, community. That, it was yeah, community. It was Subway. Well, actually, you're right. It was both because we're talking about in the office when they brought in... Um, it the was when Jim. Basketball guy? No, he was a baseball player. Oh, <laughs> they, they they all look alike. The Phillies player, what was his name? I can't remember but right Jordan now. For Howard. Jim's company. Yes, for Jim's company, and every time he he was like, he would say, "Eat fresh." Well, Britta Ryan was Howard? literally in love. Ryan with Howard, Subway. not Ryan Howard. Ryan Johnson. Ryan. Nope. Ryan. <laughs> who, knows? who cares? I actually John, thought John you guys, Johnson. I actually there thought you we guys go. were talking yes. about community. Yeah, because that was a bigger it character. Was, it, Britta was in love with Subway. Yes. With Subway, yes. Well, anyways, I think it's Ryan it Howard. It was Ryan Howard. In your face, suckers. And also, yes, Community did it better. There was a character right, yeah. literally named Subway. Good call, McKenna. Thank you. I love, I'm love. i a bigger Community Well, let's fan. just put it out there. We would be willing to rename this podcast Subway if they want to sponsor us. And Eat Fresh will be I our, would be willing absolutely. to do the whole Subway sandwich every single day thing. Mm-mm. No. Um. But I won't do anything suspicious. The morning subway. Don't be suspicious. The morning subway. That's right. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a Parks and Rec reference. Um, we've hit them all. Uh, something, something, 30 Rock. So we've we've named the entire golden era of Thursday night NBC Liz Lemon. comedy. We can, we can proceed. Mm-hmm. And now we will proceed with the program. Actually, no. I'm going to mention 30 Rock one more time before this whole podcast is said and done. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep listening and see if you can spot the 30 Rock reference. And and if you do, call our hotline one eight hundred five five and let us know what the, <laughs> let us know what the 30 Rock reference was, and you'll win two tickets to Super Tramp. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, Super Tramp! Absolutely, <laughs> coming yeah. to the town. Yeah. There's always, it's never a bad time to go see Supertramp, even in the middle of a pandemic. I'm totally okay with when we go to the um, every morning, every workday format, embracing a little more of that radio feel. Just wait for the air horns. They're coming. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. We need the air horns, a, a fart sound effect. Um, uh, the guy said, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I would like to get a sound bit that just goes, nay, nay. All the time. We're going to get a little uh, music drop of something going, Subway Sandwich and the Beast. That is why. No, don't do that. We will. Don't do it. We'll play it every time you introduce yourself. Uh, I would like to have my own personal buttons I can press at any time. I, would I know like, how to press I would like buttons. one of those, but with only monkey noises. <laughs> okay. Well, monkeys play huge in morning drive time. That's true. I've seen the numbers. <laughs> 
It's monkey time. <laughs> All right. Monkeys I did do a that. segment called Monkey Jeopardy one one time, and I'm being I'm being serious here. <laughs> it was the Jeopardy theme song with monkey noises. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. that. Is really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You gotta dig that one up. Oh man. All this and more coming to the morning monorail. <laughs> What's gonna happen right on the days of the week? Whenever we, we release something every day ridiculousness like this mm-hmm. Landon is going to have a monkey song yes. for you <laughs> it's well, I don't want to steal Garrett's, Garrett's gimmicks so you know that's okay he'll claim it <laughs> you would think it's a gimmick but it's not he just really likes monkeys yeah, I'm like this all the time actually we're, we're yeah. also going to bring in Imagineers and let them mud wrestle here in the studio I, <laughs> I'd like to bring Imagineers in and challenge them to ridiculous games like the whole which door is a liar game? Which what? door is a liar? You know, one door is telling the truth. One door? And the other door is a liar. That's a think, labyrinth thing. I don't think doors can talk. In labyrinth, they could. It was one door. I'm going to make it happen. Well, if they choose, I know which door is a liar. This is the game. So they have to open up the, l- the right door. And if they don't, there's a consequence. Okay. This is a great idea, but we do need to get to the Disney headlines of the week, or else we're never going to have a news segment today. Okay. Uh, we will never gonna. <laughs> well said. Would you like to be fired from this podcast? Yes. I <laughs> was quick on that one. All right. I'm going to start with this one. As of, I think, January 20th, the Hall of Presidents was shut down for refurbishment. Oh, oh no. Oh, so, oh. So that they could add Joe Biden. Oh. Yeah. That's so. fake news. I closed it down personally. And you won't look like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not the, the, the most accurate uh, president that they've uh, put in the Hall of Presidents. No. What if he does look like Hillary Clinton, though? What if <laughs> all presidents, what if they all are Hillary Clinton? <laughs> they should just replace, <laughs> them, replace them all with Hillary Clinton and wigs. Let's different. go ahead and start that rumor. That's why it's being closed. Just nothing but Hillary Clinton's as far as the eye could see. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, GTFO. We got Hill Dog in there now. I don't know how long the refurbishment typically is when they when a new a pres when a new president gets inaugurated. I I, I would guess a couple of months uh, or more. I don't know, but um, you know, Joe Biden will actually have to record whatever piece of the show he'll be saying. And then, and I'm pretty sure they did that with Donald Trump pretty quickly after he was like officially in office. So the recording part probably goes quick. Now the construction of a animatronic, who knows? No, those that's not easy, yeah. and it has to look realistic without being too uncanny. Without looking like Hillary Clinton. Well, mm-hmm. yep. don't isn't that what they do though? They like start the construction a little early and hope they got yeah. it right. I think they do that. <laughs> and this time I guess it would have been easier because it was either Trump stays or we get a new one. Yeah. So Did you know we had a president in um, no. who was shut up who was counted as two different presidents? Yeah, Grover Cleveland? President. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz he served non-consecutive uh, terms. But that doesn't feel right. Sure, because I, like he was a president one time, and then he was out of the one time, and then he was back in the office. So yeah, two it, time, two time. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I don't feel like and he, he was be two presidents. I think he that, was that strumming feels, your pain with his fingers. That's I mean that's I, how it works, right? Excuse me. <laughs> he was singing your life in his songs. Ah, uh, killing me softly with, with his words. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. With his words. With Garrett, his. what were you saying? I was joking. I was making a riff over here. Fuji's. I feel like that makes a lot of sense, though. I don't. I don't think that's weird or anything. It's if it's you're the first president, someone else is the second president. You come back, you're the third. He yeah. obviously wasn't good enough. So why is he getting counted got voted twice? In twice. I, I don't got, know his policies or anything, he couldn't get voted in get twice in a row I think like a it's cool guy. Easier to get voted in twice in a row than getting. That's probably ahead. true. Yeah. What? What's so the deal? It's harder. What so do that do? means that he was good enough. Learn your presidential. Even mm, good enough. I don't you, think so. You got to learn your presidential history. And I, at this point, um, our friend Keenan from part of our world podcast, his head's probably exploding because he'd like to tell you all about it. Oh uh, yeah. He's a teacher, mm-hmm. and he, does he have a good book for me? He'll right? write one for you. Write one. Yeah. Hmm. This has been a, a thrilling civics lesson on the Monday Morning Monroe podcast. You but know, anyway. Historically, presidents tend to get voted in for a second term, but it has happened in the last like 20 years. A couple of them haven't. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've had a handful of one term presidents over the last couple of decades. You know, talking about things Not coming. Not a handful, too. Talking about things coming back after a break. Stitches, Great Escape is back. Oh my God. Yes, finally. Thank you, Jesus. Finally, some good news in 2021. Even better than that. Oh. <laughs> the Festival of the Lion King is coming back. To- yes. Yeah. It's okay, true. that is some legit good news because, like, I, I clearly haven't been able to go down to the park, but after Samantha Monorail introduced me to this amazing show, I feel like any visit to the Animal Kingdom without seeing this amazing show, it's just an incomplete visit. So I'm I super excited to hear this news. And, like, God willing, it stays open because in October, I'm uh, me and Mama Dunn, we're coming down there, and I'm going to introduce her to this killer show. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. I love it. Yeah, it's, you know, we've debated back and forth. Is it the best show on Walt Disney World property? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it could. I think there's a debate and there's definitely an argument to be made that it could be. I mean, there's a wrong debate to say otherwise. But sure, <laughs> there's a debate. Mm-hmm. I think the best show was the Michael Jackson. Sh- Michael Jackson. Jackson show. Jackson. Michael Jackson. Show. <laughs> yes. Captain EO. Yep. It's gone. And it no, was a 3D show. It was the best show. These are live actors. It was yeah, good. that's just like a screen, though. It was the best show. Yeah, no, the show some... you're thinking of is him standing in that one hallway in uh, in Epcot, but also that's <laughs> the rainbow what? the rainbow tunnel. <laughs> what? Well, when Festival of the Lion King returns, it will be presented in a modified format. To be mindful of the current environment, there will be adjustments to the show on stage and backstage, including updates to choreography to allow for appropriate physical distancing. They're also going to be adjusting how the audience is seated in line with other theater-based experiences. So if we can just look at other theaters we've been in since the parks reopened after COVID, I think what that means is skipping rows and then marking large, like, six-foot areas as do-not-sit-here kind of spaces. And usually the spaces that are open are good for about four people. Yeah. So... They need this because it's crowded just walking around or and, and the lines are getting long for rides and stuff. So they need something else to help take some of that burden mm-hmm. of the crowd off of the main areas and main rides, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But also I am so excited to have people back to work and the people who do festival of the lion King, they are great singers, acrobats, you know, they're, they're acting. Um, it's just such a, a fun show. And, 
Um, and great people who perform. A talented I, group of individuals. Yes, Amen. thanks, McKenna. So I'm excited. I'm glad people are getting back to work because um, Orange County's been hit pretty hard. So. Mm-hmm. Team Elephant all the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team Giraffe because who knows what sound a giraffe makes. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, though. it's like been too long. Sheep. It has been too long. I know. I need my lessons again. Mm-hmm. God, that show's so good. It's very, very good. I want to jump to this one because I think we're going to end on the the highest of notes. But this will be um, second to last. The France expansion opened up on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and it just so happened that McKenna Monorail and I were in Epcot the day that it opened. So as we were walking around World Showcase, McKenna was actually on a quest to try every coffee she could possibly so find. so much caffeine in my system. <laughs> um, Are you okay? Did you think your heart was going to explode at any point? I, um, I felt really bad when we came home. Oh, I bet. There, yeah, yeah. You were probably coming off a heck of a crash. There may have been some explosions, but I don't know if it was her heart. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> that is my business. <laughs> Visuals. Uh, but yeah, so McKenna was doing that. And as we were doing that, of course, I pulled my phone out, checking to see wait times, different things. I hop over to Instagram. Touring plans had a live feed that they were like walking back into the France expansion. I was like, McKenna, holy crap. I think people are going back into France. We didn't know. We thought maybe the ride might have been soft opening. It wasn't. Ratatouille is still not open yet. In fact, the area where the queue is going to be was still blocked off. Where the rat fountain is. Yeah, where the rat fountain is. It's still blocked off with a construction wall. But we could access the brand new bathrooms in France. And we got access to what the front of the crepery building, the new quick service, is going to look like. And I just got to tell you, I was blown away with how beautiful that area is. I think I was saying before I didn't think France was the most attractive of all the pavilions, and Lewis jumped all over me for saying that. <laughs> um, Disney pick a day on Twitter. Um, but I got to tell you, when this opens up and it's fully like full go, France might jump up to the top. It, it is gorgeous. Right there beside the water, they've got all these hanging planters with flowers. They have these beautiful murals on the sides of the buildings that... Could be Instagram walls in the future. I do think France was pretty already. I just didn't like it. Felt all cramped and like you just had buildings on either side of you. Like I kind of like that though. That's interesting because you're not a person who likes to be cramped. I like cities though. Yeah, that's true. This feels more open and airy, and you get a beautiful view of the skyliner flying right over those new bathrooms. And there's this, there's like really fancy stroller parking over there. And and you can see the sign. You can see Gusto's. You can see the, you can see the sign. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. So anxiously awaiting this, I was excited to be one of the first people to use the bathroom in France. <laughs> um, number one or number two? It, uh, <laughs> Just kidding. That's exactly. too much information. I, all I'll say is, as I walk to wash my hands, as I walk through the valley, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> a man turned to me and he said, "You probably just christened that stall." <laughs> oh my god! Shut up, really? I, that <laughs> he makes me so happy. He wow. said that to me. Wow. I love having weird encounters with strangers in public. <laughs> and I was like, "That's true." I was like, "They ought to like I, I should get a plaque or something." <laughs> I say, were they selling like limited edition merchandise or pins or something? That's like like I just peed in that stall for the very first time. I want also, that is, pin. Is, is this where the uh, the explosions happened, or, or no? Or is that, is that, that was at home. No, first. I okay. came home and I felt like 
Um, trash. I was being crushed by I, a trash compactor. I, I was there when, when she came home, and I didn't see the parents anywhere, and she looked like she was injured. That's what happens after you drink, I was concerned. drink most of four like extremely flavored coffees they from Joffrey so Kiosk. sugary. Along Ooh. with a pear to donut. I used to oh, pound Lord. down a gallon of coffee before school my sophomore year, and I can't even get through yeah. four. Save it because we're going to do your coffee journey on the final segment here. But okay. Yeah. So anyways, it's open, and it's beautiful, and it's exciting. I haven't been... Yeah. It's yeah, looking at the pictures, I mean I mean that's that that's cool looking though. I am uh, curious uh, the website we're using pictures for. Uh one of the pictures they decided to include was a changing station for for the babies. Yeah, well. All right. They did take pictures in the bathroom, which I think is funny because I thought about taking I feel pictures weird in about the that. secret bathroom. A little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the secret bathroom. It, yeah. Yeah. We did find the secret bathroom over in the Journey to Imagination building so it's, can we confirm that it that it actually exists? It, does, it exists it exists 100 percent. and yes they are still playing the original music loop from the attraction in those bathrooms so when i go to epcot i'm just gonna go sit in the bathroom for a little bit and be like oh so here's what i missed yeah sure. <laughs> you're on the ride <laughs> it's the exact same thing just you know doing bathroom stuff so i feel really comfortable and calm inside of bathrooms so i think i'd be cool with that not me not me (laughs) (laughs) public bathrooms are scary Mm -hmm. and gross they're dirty i feel like sitting there for hours public toilets not a fan of them that's true now i did go to a bathroom one time and they were playing comedy i thought that was pretty fun that's awesome. And I was like, maybe I could chill here for a bit. Well, depending on the comedy they're playing, like 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 if you're trying to do your business and you have to hear Dane Cook, that could <laughs> uh, not great. They should just play Jerry Seinfeld in every bathroom. Oh no! What's the deal with bathrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we go? All right, last piece, last head, <laughs> last headline. Okay, do it. <laughs> Everybody poops, guys. That's a book I read. Why, why, why have we brought up poop two weeks in a row? What is this? What is this podcast? Poop the body cast. <laughs> <laughs> the body cast. Poop's funny. It is. It's poop funny. Poop is funny. It's also it's gross. Mm-hmm. Potty I humor. I and someone made, awesome. what, the guy made a poop joke, and I was like, he'd fit in here. <laughs> Monday morning bathroom stall. <laughs> bathroom break. No. Monday morning bathroom break. No. I would have a podcast about bathrooms. Something, something, poop, something, something. Yeah, there yep. you go. Nailed it. All right, guys. Last headline. Are you ready for this? You better I name just, it. I just want to say, you know, back almost two years ago, we started the hashtag Save the Muppets movement. Alongside the Dillos, hand in hand with the Dillos, they picked it up just as soon as we, like, I think we established it kind of together. Ever ever since then, we've tweeted about it. We've talked about it. Our, most of our efforts have been to try to promote more Muppet proliferation in the parks, on the streaming services, everywhere you go. Muppets Now was great. I personally really enjoyed Muppets Now. I know a lot of people didn't. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I love the Swedish Chef bit, yeah, and um, the game show. Yeah, it was a fun show. Yeah. 
But it felt like there was something missing because if Muppets Now was your first connection to the Muppets, maybe it didn't necessarily resonate with people, especially younger people. And I have longed for the days of the original Muppet show. In fact, I suggested why not just create a new show that's basically the original Muppet show. Well, you know, what's old is new again. Because coming to Disney+, Plus, the entire Muppet Show series, seasons one through five, will soon be available for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Yay! Oh my gosh! Yeah. They should uh, put uh, fake ad breaks in there and put uh, Wilkins Coffee ads <laughs> in there. With the, with the original Kermit, like, shooting that little blob dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Original Kermit on those Wilkins Coffee uh, spots. Little dark. Yeah. No, those were awesome. They were good. Also, you can show clips of uh, Ralph on uh, Arsenio uh, Arsenio Hall calling Arsenio an SOB, which he then (laughs) says is the nicest thing a dog can say. But, you know, (laughs) we're keeping it G for the kids here, so I'm not going to recreate that bit. Just go on YouTube. Jim Henson was a firm believer that... um, like puppets didn't have to just be for kids like he took Mm -hmm. children's media and was like you know what this can be adult sure and he would get mad at people like who would make their children at a very young age watch the dark crystal oh give me a break you loved it (laughs) wow Dagger's being stared by. I know. She she likes to remind me that I like scarred her for life with all kinds of stuff that I let her watch. Every person that I hear talk about watching Dark Crystal as in their childhood says that it was not good that for them (laughs) to watch that. I told Stephanie I watched that, and she was like, "Really?" (laughs) I was like, "Yeah, it's not that big of a deal." I told her it was one of my favorites whenever I was younger, and she was like, "I watched it recently, and like it was heavy for me." (laughs) It is. It is a heavy story. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know, grow up. (laughs) Who cares? You're five. (laughs) That like new Dark Crystal series that was on Netflix got canceled so fast. I liked it. It was good though. It got canceled immediately. I liked it so much, and it was really like they they took. Like, Jim Henson wanted Dark Crystal to be way darker than it was, and they were able to do that in the show. Darker Crystal. Darker Dark- Crystal. <laughs> Why didn't they call it that? <laughs> and I love that. We, me and you almost finished it in one night. Yeah, we did. We just had the one episode left. Well... We and you didn't back finish and it? Watch it. <laughs> Never watched it. We did wow. it. I don't know why. I did that same thing with Castlevania, the animated series on Netflix. Oh, oh I love yeah. Castlevania. So many new seasons and stuff have come out and that we just haven't watched at all. I know, I but on the first season, I watched it all until the last episode and I stopped and I was like, wait a minute, there's another one. <laughs> I'm probably going to rewatch that on my own. It's very good. Yeah, it is very good. It's, it's also darker, Crystal. Yeah, it's darker. <laughs> well... If you're looking for Muppets, you will find it starting on February 19th. Too bad they didn't give it to us for Valentine's Day as a little treat for those people who maybe aren't going out on Valentine's Day. They when could. are we getting Nick Cage for Valentine's? Is No, he's not on Valentine's Day, is he? No, I, isn't that the 21st it's, or yeah, 22nd? Oh, I 
don't even know um, what you're talking about. We're talking about like, Willie's Wonderland. That's Willy's close. Yeah. Wonderland. It's close to, mm-hmm. to Valentine's Yeah, Day Nick Cage versus Five Nights at Freddy's. It's going to be fun on the bun. Yeah, that, I did see the preview for that. I thought it was funny. I cut out that most of that conversation from last week's episode because <laughs> it wasn't relevant, and we already went for an hour and a half. So, mm-hmm. Oh, look, content for your five. I'm t- see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like When we go to five days a week, I won't be cutting out so much of this stuff. You People guys are going to hear. People are going to be like, I thought this was a Disney podcast, and they keep talking about Nick Cage <laughs> and Five but Nights a, at Freddy's. This is a monkey podcast. To be podcast. fair, like, like, I don't understand why Disney hasn't invited Nick Cage into the fold at this point. Yeah, is I Nick mean, I Cage really feel like any- him and Keanu Reeves are truly America's finest sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage, of Keanu Reeves. Sweethearts. I need to watch John Wick. Similar to <laughs> the Five Nights at Freddy's, but Nick Cage gets locked into the Carousel of Progress and has to fight all no. the what's the Nick Cage isn't getting locked in Five Nights at Freddy's. Though, yeah. though, to be fair, we already saw a video him. of somebody trying to fight the animatronics on the Carousel of Progress. And it was it was not nearly as fun as it sounds. Have Guys. you watched that video of the guy who's trying to punch Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> what? Yeah, we're talking about that Nick Cage movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to remind you that Nick Cage already is in the Disney universe. Yeah, I thought he was. For The Sorcerer's Apprentice, number one. Which that underrated count. movie? It does. That's actually not a bad movie. I like The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Excuse yeah. me. So, is that where he tries to go steal the Declaration of Independence? No. I mean, it's not that hard. We can do an insurrection. <laughs> yeah, apparently we can yeah, just yeah, walk in there we, and grab yeah, it. Yeah, we, yeah we, we saw that whole uh, movie franchise. It's like, yeah, no, it's really not that hard. I mean, but also National Treasure. Is in the Disney universe that yeah, you guys are talking about. That's easy stuff. Yeah. I mean, come on, Disney. Everyone can walk in and steal things now. Well, not everyone, unfortunately. Oh, that's true. You can stream National Treasure and The Sorcerer's Apprentice on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I highly suggest watching that, um, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's pretty good. Yeah. Underrated movie right there. Yep, yeah. The Sorcerer's Treasure, definitely. And My then- favorite Nick Cage quote is whenever he comes off that plane on Con Air. Is that what Uh it is? He goes, I got you a bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My my favorite Nick uh, Cage quote is, (laughs) 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 All right, we're going to end the segment on that one. (laughs) It's time to take a little break. M34D is coming up, and we are headed for a bright future. A better world for you and for me. Horizons so shiny and new. You ready? No. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me, as he does every week, is number 34 in your program and number one in your heart. My favorite, yours, Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Uh, always fun to be rocking on the monorail. Also, I appreciate the callback. And look at you, you remembered. It means so much to me in my heart. <laughs> I was going to say 42. 
Because that's, you know, that's the answer to all of life's questions. That is the answer to all of life's questions, as we uh, touched on a couple times last night on the, uh, or I guess Saturday night on the mm-hmm. Cretans Guild Championship Wrestling uh, Women's Battle Royal. We had a representation from Podcast 42, a couple of them. Yeah. So every time that came up, I was sure to uh, drive that joke. <laughs> Check out well, the stream on, uh, on Cretan Guild uh, YouTube. That was yeah. fun. Well, I think 42. I mean, if you if you had read the book or if you watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I don't think you can ever forget that 42 is the ultimate answer to the ultimate question. And Absolutely. It, it and, will and, live on. And for me, it's more of a watch, not read, because as we all know, I can't read. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy kind of gave us a view into what it might be like to, you know, find our future in our past and what does it look like if we could travel the galaxy in, you know, spaceships that we've only dreamed about and just, you know, fantasy future sorts of things, fantasy sci-fi sorts of things. And, and that I feel like is a good area to play in that leads us to today's attraction. Of course, we are still in Epcot doing our Disney deep dives. We are still in future world. And today we are talking about one of the most beloved extinct attractions in all of Walt Disney World. Many people say it's the one thing they would bring back if they could bring back anything that has since gone away from the Disney parks. This is the thing that they would bring back. And of course, we are talking about Horizons. Yes. Yeah, for a second, talking about bringing back extinct attractions, I thought you were talking about Stitch's uh, <laughs> Great Escape. But yes, this is an attraction. Like Even, even just watching the videos... It makes you realize just how amazing this attraction was. Yeah. And, and and it pains me to say was in the past tense because yeah, I'm I'm right there with all those people that if if I could bring back one thing from extinction, this I think would be the attraction. Like like this this oh just was such an incredible piece of Walt Disney Wonderment. Like like I I would put it up there with anything that the Imagineers ever did. I can't say I disagree with that. I mean, and when you look at it, just breaking it down to its component parts, it had all the pieces of a classic, almost like a sacred cow type of attraction that we have in some of the other parks. Like, you know, it had a lot of elements of Spaceship Earth. You've got an Omnimover telling the story. You're traveling through time, past, present, future. Um, It has a great theme song. It has some really cool animatronics and an innovative ride system. It is an Omnimover, but a little different, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then the ending of the ride was unique. If you can think back to 1983, there was nothing that was like this at the time. I think you could easily say that looking at this ride, especially if you watch some of the videos now, some of that technology probably seems quaint and it seems dated, but... I have to believe that this could have been updated in a way that it still would have felt fresh and new and exciting because there were a lot of things in that ride that were so pie in the sky that we still haven't really achieved those particular goals. Um, But some of them may never be achieved because, like I said, maybe they were a little more fantasy. Um, And I don't know. I, I feel like... We talked about how Communicore had an issue in that, you know, it was always going to be trying to push to look to that next technology and stay fresh and exciting for people and bring them back. Same thing with, you know, the issue we talk about Tomorrowland. How do you aim for a future that you keep kind of getting to? Um, 
But I think Horizons could have maybe played around in in the whole like, you know, the, these are such unattainable, you know, technologies to us right now that it, you know, and maybe we never get there. And it, and it would have felt like an, a nice little time capsule, you know, that they could yeah. have maintained. I get that, and and you and you bring it up, uh, Tomorrowland and Communicore. We talked about last time. Definitely, uh, that Tomorrowland problem mm-hmm. came into play when I mean, and 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 we'll get into it when we talk about the actual you know history of this attraction. It closed in 1999 yeah. on the verge of that 21st century that it talked about, like like that 21st century living. And I mean, we're we're now. 21 years into the 21st century and we're not seeing, you know, uh, space colonies, Mm -hmm. underwater colonies that we're aware of. The government is probably doing that anyway. Um, And then, you know, uh, going out into the desert and just like uh, transforming the climate. So maybe some of those ideas were a little bit pie in the sky, but at the same time, there, there was enough here that they definitely could have reworked it to keep this open and running. Because like this... Like and, and and you talk about it, it's like okay now some of uh, some of the technology might be quaint but back when this launched I mean it was a choose your own adventure <laughs> to the end of the ride are yeah. you kidding me amazing yeah wow so cool such a cool um, aspect of the ride and yeah we'll definitely talk about that as we get there so opening date this was not an opening day attraction it took some time to get this particular pavilion open so it ended up opening one year after the opening date of epcot october 1st 1983 but man what a birthday gift to epcot epcot you're you're becoming a big boy you're one years old so we got you an incredible attraction that's right yeah, and it, and it had a good run. It lasted 11 years until its first closing date. The original closing date was December of 94. It ended up reopening a year later, December 24th, Christmas Eve of 1995. There we go. And then it closed... Happy birthday, Jesus! We're <laughs> reopening Horizons! And then it closed permanently January 9th, 1999, just as Landon said, on the cusp of the 21st century that it had promised us. You know, um, after the... This, this ride, by the way, um, we should talk about sponsorship. So we've talked about how pretty much everything in Epcot uh, day one had some sort of a corporate sponsorship involved. Uh, this ride was no different. It actually became the first ride in Epcot to run without a sponsor um, when GE ended up dropping their sponsorship. And that may have been the beginning of the end for this particular attraction because it started operating seasonally after that. And, um, you know, that's always a bad sign when an attraction at Walt Disney world starts running seasonally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so then it lasted as long as it could, but GE had so much to do with the development of the, the idea for this attraction. Um, in fact, the CEO of GE was so happy with the success of Carousel of Progress. It was he along with, um, well, Reginald Joes originally uh, came up with this this concept, and then he joined together with Disney Imagineers to kind of develop and 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 uh, really solidify what the ride was going to be. But um, he came to Disney with an idea of kind of talking about Thomas Edison and telling the story of like the invention of electricity and how it has led to change, kind of using that concept and almost making this like a Carousel of Progress sequel. 
Um, yeah, and and there are definitely some uh, hints of Carousel of Progress in that attraction. I mean, watching through it, we even we even get a, it's a great big beautiful tomorrow in one of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's when the uh, ladies in the bath. Tub, which by the way they're they're keeping it g for the kids settle down pervert but <laughs> but you can definitely hear uh that song in that scene yes yeah um it's kind of that's one of the the first show scenes where we really get into kind of the animatronics and seeing these mm-hmm. tableaus of what living could look like in a particular idea of the future and that one was more of like a jetson's fantasy future scene yes mm-hmm. um it reminded me of jetson's it also reminded me of bioshock because it's uh, this idea of like, so it's so kind of like steampunky, but a lot of like the robots are very like chrome and metal looking, and mm-hmm. you know, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that one scene where the big daddy busts through the wall and, and, <laughs> and hits you with the wait, no, that didn't happen. I, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> no, they they ended up leaving that part. It was cut. Ah, okay, all right. Though I did love the choose-your-own-plasmids towards the end of the ride. <laughs> Me, personally, I always wanted to... I always voted for the bee one, but everybody went for fire. Okay, <laughs> I want to shoot bees at people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> right? <laughs> bees are our friends, and they can be good weapons. Um, yeah, so... And, and I made the joke about it being on the cutting room floor because, actually, as this ride was being developed... Um, the budget ended up being slashed by about $10 million. It ended up reducing the building size and the length of the ride was trimmed by 35% and 600 feet of track. Mm. This was still a long ride. It was over 1,000 feet long. And um, if I remember right, I think the ride vehicles moved about like, I don't know, like 1.5 miles per hour. They were pretty slow, but they never stopped. It it was one of those that similar to uh, Spaceship Earth, Haunted Mansion, you know. Um, I also think of now, I know everybody loves it, The Seas with Nemo and Friends. If, <laughs> because if you're going to get on one of those clamshells, they face outwardly, just like this ride vehicle does, and then it had a little door that would close in front of you. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of that. But still still ended up being a long ride. Um, and actually, at the end of the day, the construction cost at 1982, 1983, $60 million dollars um that is a that uh, that that's a hefty price tag even in uh now terms i mean yes yeah. granted for the disney corporation be like whatever i i think i found that in my couch well maybe maybe not in the year of 2021 while we're all you know the world's burning as i vaguely point to everything in the background <laughs> but, i mean 60 million dollars back then woof. yeah that's not chump change i don't know what no. the i don't know what the inflation on that would be now but holy crap 60 million um ge made a a big commitment um, to this park and this pavilion. And, um, you know, it ended up paying off because, like you said, oh, it was- absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely think that GE back then, I mean, yes, they ended up pulling out uh, of the attraction. I think they would, they would say they gladly got their return on their investment. And it's like, I, Part of me thinks it's it's funny that GE was so involved. Eventually, or the original pitch for this ride was, it was going to be involving the history of GE. It's like, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, which I mean, that ended up working out because it was able to continue running after GE. It, like, like even though we've talked about these attractions that have like corporate sponsors, that's still just such a foreign concept to me, especially now it's like, you don't see like uh, uh, avatar flight yeah. of passage presented by, you know, um, Amazon or right. something like that. Just 
and, and, and it's still crazy to talk about. It is. You know, it's funny because for me, sometimes it feels weird that you don't see sponsorship on attractions because it was so commonplace at Disney, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the early days. And Walt didn't have the money to build Disneyland himself. You know, he had to go find corporate sponsorship. And luckily, he made that wonderful World of Color, you know, deal with um, ABC. And they ended up funding a lot of Disneyland. And then he had like every every single land and, and attraction had some sort of funding from the outside. Otherwise, Disneyland wouldn't have been a thing, um, you know. And, and so then this idea of like finding other people to pay for your dream um, it definitely was ported over to Disney World and Epcot in particular. You just got to find people that want their logo plastered in front of like, hey, we're bringing in millions of people to this park. <laughs> They're going to see your logo. They're going to hear some message that you want them to hear. And then, you know, eventually, um, I guess the idea is Disney would take that license over in, in a lot of cases, uh, unless the corporate sponsors, you know, decided to pull. But yeah. I mean, I still think of Space Mountain and, you know, I know that it, I think it went through more than one sponsor, but the one that I remember was FedEx um, being a sponsor of, of Space Mountain. So I, I remember the branding all over the place. And then especially as you exited um, one of the post-show scenes, and there's going to be a tie-in, by the way, as we talk about Space Mountain post-show scenes to Horizons. But one of the post-show scenes was like a package being, you know, um, transported over the air you know like (laughs) shot with a laser broken down into its little particles and then shot through the air to somewhere across the universe and and then reconstructed so teleported Um, very cool yeah well uh we call that a tease in the business ladies and gentlemen and also uh if if you are out there with corporate money that you want to sponsor us uh to make your dreams come true definitely hit us up we will wear t-shirts uh we will mention you by name during the podcast we are here to sell out ladies and gentlemen is what i'm trying to say yeah and your name will be in front of tens of people exactly oh man Think of the exposure that you will get, especially <laughs> with us wearing T-shirts on an audio podcast. Man, mm-hmm. talk about a return on your investment. <laughs> it's it's really a great investment. <laughs> it's true. Um, I want to step back a little bit and let you know where the location of this ride was. So, again, if you remember our conversation last week, when you enter Epcot from the main entrance, you are headed south. So when I say that... Horizons was in Future World East. You will know that that was actually on the left-hand side of your forward motion. Now, in that location, you have Mission Space, because eventually when the the building, the ride building, was destructed, um, they built Mission Space right up on top of it. So, Whoa, spoiler alert, man. Come sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking to the future. Ah, as this ride does. That's right. Um, and, it, and it had a great theme song. We mentioned that. This one was created by George Wilkins. It was called If We Can Dream It, Then We Can Do It. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> beautiful theme song. In fact, you will have heard a little piece of that theme song bumping us right into M34D. Mm-hmm. That is directly pulled from the Horizons music. And um, George Wilkins, you may have heard that name before. He's a man who, just like the Sherman Brothers, lots of great credentials in the Disney world to his name. This is a man responsible for the theme songs to Living with the Land, Space Mountain, The Living Seas, Food Rocks, Test Track, so many more. But I wanted to especially point out he wrote the entire set 
for Sunny Eclipse's show over at Cosmic Rays. Wow. What a guy. This, this guy has a, had it going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I generally consider myself a Sherman Brothers guy, but man. Yeah. George Wilkins. Wil- Wilksy over here bringing it. That is a resume to put up against anybody. I almost feel like, you know how you kind of get a certain kind of a sound from different authors? The Sherman Brothers are really good at making these like catchy sing-along kind of tunes that, you almost know. commercial song. That they're, they're the earworms that really yep. get in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, almost like jingles. You're right. Yeah, um, when I think of the songs I just listed for George Wilkins, you, you can set Sunny Eclipse's show aside because I feel like that's a <laughs> that's maybe it's an in its own category. But yeah, that's a masterpiece. You know, we're talking about themes for living with the land, space mountain, living scenes. We're talking about these soundscapes, almost. You know, the mm. that really create an emotion and a feeling and are part of the environment. Um, and I think that maybe that's George Wilkins kind of thing, almost like a John Williams, like these huge epic soundscapes. I like that. That's 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 a good comparison, I think. Yeah. So George Wilkins, we we love what you did for us. Thank you so much. Thank you, G Dubs. Additionally, we've got a wonderful voice cast in Horizons. I want to name some of these people because you may not know it, but you've heard their voices in other places. So in Futureport, Brava Centuri, the announcer. He, that is a man known as Corey Burton, and you will know him as the voice of Captain Hook, Ludwig von Drake, and even Count Dooku and Cade Bane on Star Wars The Clone Wars. You've definitely heard his wow. voice. Yeah. Wow. Freaking Captain Hook. That's, yeah. <laughs> ooh, that's some impressive stuff right there. Yeah. And then we've got Henry Corden who you will hear him in Neon City Screen 1 voice, so he doesn't even have, like, a huge part of this ride. But he's better known as the man who took over for Fred Flintstone. He was the second voice of Fred Flintstone. What, Bonnie? You're telling <laughs> me that Fred Flintstone's in space? That's right. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know there was a... Se- Hi, Zoe. Uh, <laughs> there was a second voice of Fred Flintstone. I'm, I'm learning things today in M34D. This is amazing. Right, yeah. Zoe? Yeah, he not and not to be confused with live action Fred Flintstone, John Goodman, mm, and then <laughs> and then that one British dude. But the but the less we talk about the live action uh, Flintstone movies, I think the better we all are. You're we right. Agree on that one. Good point. Yeah, I wanted to point out uh, in the Mesa Verde scene, you've got an announcer. This voice also plays Tommy's mother and the undersea classroom teacher, and the Horizons One boarding announcer. This is a lady known as B.J. Ward and. She has a list of credentials about 10 miles long. There weren't any that jumped out to me as like, oh, this is like iconic. This is just one of those so classic for like a a career voice actor. They've had their voice on everything. You just don't know it. Um, She she had credentials like she had done voices on G.I. Joe, Transformer. She she played Velma at one point in Scooby-Doo. Lots of things like you could go check her out and, and she was all over the place. So... Then I get to the the kind of narrators that ride along with you throughout the ride. This is grandfather and grandmother. Grandfather was Bob Holt. Grandmother was Dina Dietrich. And they really are the ones that they're basically, they're almost like your ghost hosts, if you want to put it that way. Because not only do they ride with you and kind of tell you what you're looking at and explain the scenes, they actually do interact in the scenes as well um, Mm -hmm. as you kind of move through. So I love making analogies. 
Yeah, and and I am here for it, Jay, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love uh, we're we're going to be talking about these uh, characters here in a second. I love when uh, the grandmother uh, Dina Diedrich is like, should should uh, should she really be flirting with that beach, <laughs> the boy? beach boy? Oh no, no, he's not a beach boy. He's a marine biologist. <laughs> which at first I thought he was he was like studying marine biology in the desert, which. To me, it's like <laughs> it's a weird place to yeah, study marine it's like, biology. Like, really? Okay, that that would be like me going to study mountains, like in Kansas or something. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the design of the of the building. The, the building was meant to resemble a spaceship while accentuating the third dimension and giving the impression of an infinite horizon. In my opinion, if you look at the old uh, show building for this particular ride, it actually. I think it's going to evoke when people look at the new Guardians of the Galaxy building. Um, once it's complete, the front of that, the way it's kind of dimensioned and almost has all these like layers coming at you, I think it's going to look similar to what the Horizons building mm. did. Okay. Um, yeah. Of course, it'll be different, but different but similar. I would be for that because it was a very strikingly unique building, a very strikingly unique infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. It, and of course, it had a classic Epcot attraction logo. Um, mm, yeah, you love those. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are great. Uh, sim- for yep. Simple but beautiful. You know. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be somebody out there that, that that like has all those classic logos like tattooed on their body, right? Oh, I'm sure of that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind that someone has done that. And and actually, one of the pin series that Disney did uh, not that long ago was... Um, and actually, I think you can still get them at Epcot. They might be in a case. If you go into on the west side of Spaceship Earth, there's a store right there. I think that was the camera shop. You go in there, and then they've got some cases that have pins that um, I guess are like limited edition or whatever. I'm pretty sure one of the sets is retro attraction logos Whoa! yeah very good uh, yeah i was gonna say hearing that uh that makes the uh what i hopefully was the buried deep uh down pin collector uh <laughs> be like oh really mm, okay all right i might be into that <laughs> yeah it, it might be worth your time to take a look at least they are very cool um simple but beautiful as i said I will give you this one um, Hercules pin I have. Trade me. Yeah, I don't think they're trading those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we will trade you this for dead presidents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we like uh, dead presidents printed on paper, a very specific paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into it. We can start going through the attraction a little bit here and, and kind of talking it through. Again, I, I don't think we're going to be able to do it justice as you know, as M34D. I think our, our focus is more on the history and, and really kind of giving you an idea of what this was all about, where it came from, and, and why people loved it so much. So definitely, there are decent videos. Again, they were recorded on those big camcorders back in the mm-hmm. old days. But there are some decent videos that you can go look up on YouTube if you want to watch the ride through. But... To give you an idea, um, you started out again. The, it's an Omni Mover, and I, and I need to pay off the fact that I said this was a unique Omni Mover. What made these unique is that they were actually suspended on a track instead of having the track underneath them. It's the only Omni Mover at the time that was set up that way. Um, continuous loading, 
you know, if, if there weren't people that were in line, it would just keep on moving. And then, you know, the next people would step up on a moving platform. The platform is moving at the same speed as your ride vehicle. And as then, you heard at the end of the attraction. I love that. Yeah. And then you. It's like, settle down. Like, like you don't need to freak out, Karen. Just, just get off. You'll be okay. Yeah. And then you get to step into the ride and, and off you go. Starting out, the first thing you're going to see is the past, the past idea of what the future was going to be. So, of course, you've got to reference the works of a great author by the name of Jules Verne. Um, you, it, you kind of see these weird, like almost dreamlike projection images of like some just depictions of ideas Jules Verne had of the future. And then you get to see Jules Verne in a space <laughs> capsule with a chicken. Was that a chicken? There's dude? a chicken in there. I was trying to figure out what that was. At first, on first glance, it's like, oh, cool, that's Figment. Wait, no, that's not Figment. This uh, this isn't a journey into imagination. <laughs> so uh, Jules Verne decided to go to space with a chicken. He did. I don't, I, you know, I guess he. the chicken's either going to lay eggs or it will be chicken nuggets at some there point. You, there you go. You could you could have space chicken wings. That'd, <laughs> that'd, that'd be cool. Uh, my buddy Verne was always looking ahead. And, of course, in the next scene, you see uh, the... Uh, the space capsule bang right in yep. the uh, eye of the moon <laughs> as made famous by that one uh, smashing pumpkins. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was amazing that they referenced that. That's where it came I, from, right? The smashing I, I was stunned to see it. Yeah. So you do see that. It's got a nice projected moon face looking around, wondering why it has a capsule in its eye. As one does when you have a capsule in your eye. Yeah. I totally get that. It makes sense. <laughs> the next scene, you get a nice little view of um, some futuristic transportation, as imagined by Albert Robita. Um, back in you know, back in the day, you, you we had these fantastical you know you've seen the designs Leonardo da Vinci came up with. Uh, someday we'll have you know these giant objects that have wings on the side, and humans will be able to flap them, and then we'll be able to fly. Um, so As some we of this today, yeah, of course, <laughs> some some of these things look like that, but all really cool. Um, just kind of giving you the idea of, and they even say it in the voiceover. We're, we're not the first people to dream of what the future will look like. Here were some people who did it, and this is what they dreamed up. Then you move into kind of present day. And this was a cool part because as your ride vehicle kind of moved along, you moved into these rooms with these big, almost like IMAX screens. They were like 90 feet wide, and they were kind of like dome-shaped, and it projected stuff out onto them. To me, I felt like you were like 100 feet in the air when you were on this part. I don't know. It just felt like you were very high. I'm sure you weren't. You were actually 105 feet. Oh, (laughs) wait. There was a number when we were doing uh, Magic Kingdom attractions that we found like kept coming up as height of ride vehicles. I want to say it was 17 feet, maybe. I wonder if you were 17 feet up in these things. I don't know. Well, you know, Jay, if you say it on a podcast, it must be true. So you were hovering 17 feet in the air at this point of the attraction. Yeah. Those screens actually... Don't try and check it either, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Those screens actually had to be built before the building around them could be built. I thought that was kind of an interesting fact. Um, But yeah, you got projections of like... It showed space travel. It showed development of crystals in space and, and things that we're doing today to help us build kind of the futures of tomorrow. And then you moved on to my favorite part of the ride, which is we start to see the future in different kind of biomes. Land, sea, space, and this is where you got to see the really cool animatronics. A theme that continued through multiple scenes was someone in the scene would be talking on like a holographic telephone or something. Yes. And 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 then you would move to the next scene and it was the person on the other end of that yeah, call. Yeah, you would see the other end. Yeah. Like, like that's that's so cool. Like like it's 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 
It doesn't sound like it would be that cool, but when you see it in action, I yeah. mean, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, Resort TV has a pretty killer yes. uh, uh, video of it. Like, it works so well. Yeah. And then finally, as we talked about, the journey home. And this is where yeah. you got to choose your own adventure. How I just like 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 even even in 2021 years after it's closed years after it first debuted a choose your own adventure to the end of an attraction at Walt freaking Disney World how cool is that very cool very cool it's it was the, and the way that they did it too I, I saw a little mock up drawing of how they accomplished this and you almost had your own little. Um, kind of circular projection screen that kind of moved right along with your Omni mover. You got, uh, there was an opportunity for the people that were riding in your little car to vote on which journey to take. So you could either go uh, desert underwater or space, just as you saw, you got to vote for one of the three and then the, you know, majority ruled mm-hmm. and, and you would go with that one. So, um, and then it would just project like, as if you were, you know, zooming underwater and trying to get back to wherever you were going. It was uh, like 30 seconds or so, but yeah, yeah. 30, 31 seconds. Yeah. And uh, if I remember correctly, doing some research for this, it took, uh, they, they did like uh, miniature scale models mm-hmm. similar to what we saw at universal's back to the future um, attraction. And it took them a year and tens of millions of dollars to make these yeah. three different endings. Yeah. And like, again, a choose your own adventure to the end of an attraction. Jay, one, two, three, what would you rank those uh, options to come home? For me, I go I go space, underwater, desert. Okay, yeah. My my exact uh, yeah. uh, one, two, three as well. Though it's like like the more I think about it, like 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 space and underwater kind of kind of go back and forth, but it's like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The third option is is the desert. Well, as we know, Disney likes to try to retain the memory of extinct attractions by pulling some props out, putting them in other places, and then also referencing those attractions in other rides and other, it could be resorts, it could be restaurants. This is also true with Horizons, so it has lived on in a few different ways. One thing I mentioned before, Mission Space has several nods, considering it stands directly where Horizons used to. As it should. Yeah. When you enter the queue, there's this big gravity wheel, and it does have a Horizons logo on it. Um, There's also a stylized version that appears on the front of the checkout counter at the Cargo Bay gift shop in the exit to the attraction. And a new mural in 2017 was added um, that uh, near the entrance to um, of the space station Brava Centauri orbiting Earth. So Mm. some nice little references back to um, the predecessor that stood on that land. But I wanted to get to the Space Mountain Post shows, which I love the Space Mountain Post shows. I always have. Enjoy moving past them. But one of the things that you'll notice now after Space Mountain's refurbishment in 2009 is there's a bag in the post show that says Mesa Verde on it as if it's, you know, that's where it's headed. Hmm. Yeah. The undersea post show scene um, after the desert is reminiscent of the scene in Horizons. Um, and then I wanted to point out the robot butler and the futuristic skyline, um, in the kitchen of tomorrow. That to me has always reminded me like since they did like that reminds me of horizons. Um, even though it's a different kind of robot, it just seems like a direct reference to that robot that we I saw can see that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. in the original ride. So I do have a few fun facts that I've wrapped up here and I know Landon, it's time for yep. you to 
Get out put your gavel. A, put on my robe and break out the gavel. All rise, court's in session. Yeah, some of these we've already talked about, but so I'll, I'll skip or just lightly touch on them. The first one was Imagineer George McGinnis. George McGinnis worked as the principal designer for Horizons. He joined the Disney company in 1966 and was the last Imagineer hired by Walt Disney. Ooh, that right there. Any tie to Walt himself, the man that is going to be deemed a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing about George McGinnis, apparently he liked to draw up his concepts on napkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he worked on projects such as Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress, The People Mover, and the monorail system. So, you know, George McGinnis, close to our hearts. Absolutely. Uh, he's uh, going to be deemed another fun fact, uh, but that's only because he, similar to me, likes to apparently get drunk and draw napkins. <laughs> Definitely a fun fact, Jay. Yeah. Here's another one. So, as I mentioned before that uh, the then CEO of GE... Uh, Reginald Jones was the one who really like came up with this idea kind of hand in hand with Jack Welch. And one of the things that they really pitched, they asked the Imagineers to potentially put a post show where there would be hands-on post attraction area where they could experience GE products. It was going to be called the future fair. Uh, but Welch ended up scrapping this idea because he thought it was too commercial. The funny thing about this, well, first of all, is that a fun fact? Mm. Moderately fun fact. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it a half-hearted knock. Okay. The funny thing about this to me, um, that the fact that they decided not to do it because it was too commercial. Literally, when you get off of test track, now you walk into a Chevy showroom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That 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 right there is a fun fact. It's more of a funny fact, but yes. <laughs> also, in my mind, as you were telling that story, I was picturing the GE uh, CEO being Jack Donaghy from uh, Thirty Rock. So yeah, that would make it a funnier fact. Yeah, <laughs> just that was. I'm I'm just thinking. Wow, at some point, Disney was like too commercial. <laughs> Forget that. Other well, times they are a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, I wanted to talk about the many names that Horizons potentially had. Uh, it started as Century 3, um, and that was in honor of the United States entering its third century of existence. The Imagineers then changed the name to Future Probe because they thought that was a little more uh, worldly. Uh, but then they settled on Horizons because they felt like that appealed to the mass audience in the best way. But I got to tell you, Century 3 is interesting, although it doesn't sound like a ride. It sounds more like the name of a spaceship or something. Mm -hmm, that or like like an experience or something, which I guess that's kind of what they were going for. And it's like in doing some research for this uh, edition of M340, one of the videos I saw uh, and watched said that it, quote, uh, was too alienating to foreign guests, which it's like, I guess if I think about it, I get. But at the same time, like if I if I have to think about it, I don't know if it's going to be that alienating because, I mean, uh, Century 3 reference, this is the third century of this whole experiment we're doing over here in America. But yeah. I mean, like compared to compared to what it could have been, I mean, don't get me wrong. Horizons is a cool name. But at the same time, like 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 future probe. I mean, I'm not in love with, mm -mm. but 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 I don't hate it. But Century 3, I mean, again, that sounds like an experience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not bad. Mm -hmm. Or or it sounds like a band that's like opening for Metallica. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could be a good band name. Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm claiming that as a band name. Nobody can take it. That would be a great band name because it would be a, a 
inside Disney reference that most people wouldn't know, and it sounds pretty rocking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you know, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're definitely a part of the fan club. By the way, I'm now announcing I'm starting a band called Century Three. Uh, and if you want to be in the VIP Super Cool Club, uh, send twenty four ninety five <laughs> to my address. It will be in the link. Uh, below yeah, right even though this is an audio podcast we don't do links <laughs> dang it no all right well that's really all i had landon did you have anything else for horizons um no just the fact that i miss this attraction like like this is i mean i said it at the at the front of this uh m34d i think this might be like some peak imagineer work this is one of these attractions that i i still miss Mm -hmm. because it is just so dang cool yes it ran into the tomorrowland problem of them catching up to the 21st century but i mean even if you just be like here we are in the 22nd century (laughs) like like and and, and just just change that over the voice i'd be okay with it and like i'll be honest the attraction that stands in its in in its spot i hate (laughs) wow I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go ahead and get that out there. That That's going to be a very contentious M34D in the future. Once again, we call that a tease in the business, ladies and gentlemen. But like, I think part of the reason I do not like that attraction is because of what stood in its place beforehand. Yeah. Like, Horizons is just awesome. Yeah, I get that. You end up judging what comes next based on what was there before. It's, it's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that Mission Space gives you the same kind of it's trash Jay. Ex- just call it trash call, call it what it is it's trash <laughs> i wouldn't call it trash but i also <laughs> i think it's not something that i'm looking forward to when i go to epcot most times we go we don't ride mission space yeah i was gonna say hey i've, I've gone to epcot several times over the last 18 ish months not once has my fat backside gotten in that ride yeah not once but you know, that's for a future M34D. Because it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great tease for that M34D. <laughs> yeah, that that edition of M34D is going to be me with a chainsaw and a flamethrower yeah. just burning everything down. <laughs> well, as always, this has been a fun segment, Landon. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, we got a question from Long Island Frank um, over this last week. He wanted to know... Was the decision to name this segment M34D based on, or is it a nod to Mystery Science Theater 3000 or MST3K, which I told him, no, it wasn't, but I actually don't mind if people think that that was a nod to, you know, Mystery Science Theater, because I love that particular program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to uh, retroactively say, yes, it was. All right. Because who knew that I would be broadcasting from the isolation station of love, which in in and of itself is another reference to uh, the crew in MST3K. Yeah. All all iterations of MST3K. Like I know there's some some Joel fans uh, that like like it's Joel or GTFO. I like to celebrate the entire catalog. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. But he he mentioned that too, the Isolation Station of Love. And I said, well, you know, that didn't start happening really until uh, we all started quarantining for Corona. So um, we started with M34D really because ladies love literation. Absolutely. Ladies do love deliteration, as uh, ladies love cool uh, James has told us before in the past. And also, I just want to point out, like, even before Corona started, I was definitely living in an isolation. <laughs> yeah, but you just didn't call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a good point. I really should work on my branding. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Uh, ladies love literation. Ladies also love Landon, and and uh, ladies love M34D. So thanks again for doing this with me, buddy. Let's take a little break. When we come back, we're wrapping up today's show. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Monorail. It is time for our final segment of the day, and this is the long-awaited McKenna Monorail Takeover, where she's going to tell you all about her drinking coffee around the world <laughs> in Epcot. This was something that she concocted, and I, I got to tell you, I think there was a good. Um, it was a good idea for a couple reasons. One is McKenna loves coffee. I she am loves a good flavored coffee. coffee. Oh, she loves yeah. Joffrey's. I love Joffrey's, and I love the Joffrey's <laughs> specialty coffees. Bless you. And she loves Epcot bathrooms. Yeah. And the two go hand in hand. Yep. <laughs> All right. We, we've explained you're a coffee connoisseur. You love Joffrey's. What's your favorite? Before you did this, what's your favorite coffee? I want you to tell people. The Toffee Flight. The Toffee Flight. Right. I love the Toffee Flight. It's the best coffee that you can get, like a specialty coffee you can get from Joffrey's. If you don't want a specialty one, I just like to get um, iced coffee mm-hmm. with vanilla syrup in it. Yeah, which is, it's a good staple. Yeah. But this toffee flight, originally, you could only get it at the the Joffrey's kiosk at Caribbean Beach Resort that was right there at the Skyliner, because it was a Skyliner-themed drink. So I would always leave to go get it, and then come back, because (laughs) I would take a chunk out of my limited time that I have in the parks to go get this coffee, because it's so good. But now you can get it in Epcot. Yeah. And maybe other places too. But I still like it, but it doesn't feel as special. So McKenna decided for the Epcot Festival of the Arts, they've got these four Joffrey specialty coffees, and she wanted to try them all. And the the real twist here is that not only are they flavored coffees, they're all paired with a special donut as well. Mm-hmm. You can choose not to get the donut, but you're still playing, paying full price. You might as well get the donut. Yeah, yeah. why would you choose not to get the donut? <laughs> because yeah, sometimes people... Don't want to drink an overly sweet coffee and a sweet donut yeah. four times. That's why you invite Justin Monorail with you. He'll eat your donut. That was the solution, actually. I eat your donut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that goes, but oh. I, I'll, I'll allow it. I've been quoting that a lot lately. <laughs> why not bring out a 10-year-old reference? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we're topical over it. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's from There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. I don't even know if that's how he says it. But I know it's referenced. Okay. He drinks it all up, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. On to the coffees, McKenna. So tell us about your adventure. All right. So for the adventure, there are four separate coffees. There's the Starry Night Latte, the Creative Twist Latte, Caramel Canvas Latte, and the Color Me Latte. Mm-hmm. What is a Starry Night Latte? None of your business. <laughs> um, so the first one I had Ow. was the Caramel Jeez. Canvas Latte. And that is right before you get into the Mexico Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it? Off to a resounding start. It's an artisan latte with peanut butter syrup, caramel, dark chocolate sauce topped with Snickers original candy pieces. Mm-hmm. And Liquid diabetes. I don't yep. like Snickers. <laughs> What? I don't like peanuts in my drink. 
and I was getting chunks of peanuts while I was drinking my coffee, and I was like, this is awful. Yeah, I don't think I want peanuts in my coffee. So I yeah, drank most yeah. of it, and then I made you drink, like, the spit of it. <clears throat> Ew. By the way, I didn't want it. you can get, first of all, it was flavored spit, so it's okay. Second of all, <laughs> um, you can get these hot or cold. You get to choose. Yeah, and I got them all cold because I'm a little wussy. I'm a little baby, and I can't drink hot drinks. <laughs> okay, wham wham, baby. <laughs> yeah. Baby wawa. <laughs> and I will just tell you, I actually really liked this one. The spit was delicious. That's disgusting. Um, like that's that going to be the that. worst t-shirt we have in our show. <laughs> it wasn't. Sp- I drank. She always let me try it before it was down to the bottom, and this one was my favorite. But then after that is, I got the. I guess I got the color me latte next. The M and M's. So you're not a true artist because you didn't yeah. like this one. That was your least favorite. I didn't like the Eminem one. Tell them where it is. It is at the American Adventure, yes. Joffrey's. Yes. Which is like right, right there. And what's in it again? Oh my gosh. M&Ms. Okay. Ugh. It has espresso, Swiss chocolate syrup, dark chocolate sauce sprinkled with M&M's, milk chocolate candy. Mm-hmm. This one didn't, this one didn't really taste like anything to me. That's why I liked it. Yeah. I liked that it was kind of just bland. It really was like it didn't. You expect these drinks to be real sugary and sweet, and this one was just like, just kind of tasted like coffee sugar. with some milk in it. Coffee. It kind of just tastes like sugar. Will you keep your coffee disgust to yourself? I don't like please? coffee. Yeah, we don't <laughs> like. I don't you. listen to that part no. of your <laughs> life. Okay. But then I got the one. We had a mix-up because originally I was going to get the Starry Night Latte first. Mm-hmm. But then I thought that the Joffrey's over at Future Test World track, East track, yeah. was not... I thought it was just the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. So we walked all the way over there and we looked at it. And then I was like, no, it's not here. <laughs> From like like a couple of feet away, I just decided it wasn't there. Yeah. So we just left. Yeah. We did. So, it's true. I mean, it's mad skills on my part. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the next one I had was the Canada one because of that, which is the creative t- twist. T- t- no, no. No, no, no. Are you just no, going no, no. to go? Oh, McKenna got the McKenna. Help me, help me. You're going to release me, a flurry help of me, help curse me, words help or something? Me. What's happening? Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's my job on this podcast. I think I'll bleep that whole thing because I think you squeezed in some. <laughs> <laughs> it just started going. It just started going, and I couldn't stop it. I mean, this, this is from the word twist. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I have a really hard time. I was I always volunteered to uh, read in school, but I could never do it. <laughs> Well, so how many swear words did you squeeze in, into those presentations? I would just like mumble everything and be like, num, num. "We learned in the last segment, Landon can't read either, so you're in yep. good company." Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna try it again. <coughs> wow, I'm keeping guy. all this in. Buddy. No, <laughs> this is fantastic. So that I got the creative twist latte. Stretch your imagination with this latte with. Brown butter toffee syrup brown and sw- brown breaks and Swiss chocolate syrup topped with Twix original candy pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like this one a lot, but I also didn't like it. 
How is that possible? <laughs> I like this a lot, but I didn't like it. How's that huh. possible? Please elaborate. Okay, so I liked the caramel part because mmm, <laughs> yum. Um, yeah. And I like the chocolate part because oh, that's good. But then like the wafer cookies got all crumbly. So it was like drinking sand at the bottom. And I was yeah. like, mm, sand. Mm. Gross. You know, back in my day, I drink, I, I would drink sand constantly. That's all I could drink. <laughs> I hate sand. Get out into the desert and start drinking some sand. Yeah, yeah. just oh, to, yeah. bring a straw into the desert. I'm not as powerful as that. But well, then the last one we got was on our way out. Yes. We went back to the future world east. By this time, my tongue started to feel like it was swelling. (laughs) (laughs) Ringing endorsement from McKenna Monterey. (laughs) Um, Because it was so much sugar. How much sugar is in these things, do you think? A lot. Too much. You don't want to know. Garrett said 20. So I'm going with 20. So that means I had like 60 already. (laughs) (laughs) 60 sugars. I was about to become 80 sugar. Um, I can make a cake. No, that's besides the you point. You can make several cakes. Really? I don't understand math or ratios. Or reading. <laughs> reading. Okay, how many sugar goes into a cake then? Like two cups. No, like in in sugar. <laughs> in sugar measurement. Well, how, how many, much how is many a sugar? Cup? Uh, five sugar. So ten. <laughs> ten sugar go in cake. Okay, great. So I can make eight cakes. Can we please? finish up here what's all that i'm googling 15 grams uh sugar into a cake so okay so you're wrong i didn't say grams did i mm, whatever okay so uh, the last one there. i got touché. was the starry night latte so paint the sky with this espresso beverage with <laughs> oh boy what <laughs> sound it out duke it no <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I can't stop. This is the best segment we've ever done. It's, it's, dulce. <laughs> it's dulce de leche. That's a word I know, but what I did you, What did you say? <laughs> dulce de leche, white chocolate, and dark chocolate sauce topped with Milky Way candy pieces. This one also wasn't very good. <laughs> okay. After all that. So tell me how you rank them, though. Give us your top, your one to four. What's your ranking? So the first one would be... <laughs> She's having a breakdown. Oh, wow. She Rest hasn't had any of these today, by the way. I mean, I woke up like maybe an hour ago. <laughs> the first one that I enjoyed... <laughs> Was the creative twist latte? Okay. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> creative twist number. And after that, was oh, the boy. color me latte? <laughs> <laughs> and then the starry night latte. And last was the caramel canvas latte. So, how many crazy frogs do you give the starry night latte? <laughs> None. No crazy frogs. Crazy Frog is an honor, and none of these drinks deserve it. Wait, you said your favorite was the Color Me Latte? Yes. Okay. How many Crazy Frogs does that get? None. Oh, okay. All of these drinks tasted exactly the same, (laughs) except with different candy pieces. They say they put different syrup in there, but it just tasted like sugary milk. With some coffee. With some coffee. And we should say the coffee um, is paired again with a donut. The donuts usually have... The pieces on them. Yeah, it's the candy pieces. And then like... So I will tell you that the... um, 
where is it? The caramel canvas latte. Um, it came with a donut that had caramel on top, and then Snickers pieces. What was, on what it. was the M M&M donut like? It, well, it, that's the we one we brought, brought home, home for, for you, you, and you didn't eat. I I didn't know it was M and M. It looked like cake batter. It looked no. like that. It looked like that cake batter one we get from Krispy Kreme. It had like a white chocolate um, on top of it, and then it had little mini M and M's. It, it actually wasn't. I very didn't good. like it. Yeah, but anyways, there you go. But I also had a donut um, yesterday from the donut Everglaze. Everglaze that opened up, and only me, <laughs> only I had one, so I'm special. And it was it's the maple bacon one. And let me tell you something. Those donuts are the best donuts I've ever had. Better than voodoo. The best donuts I've ever had. Take it's, that city walk it, at Universal. They are huge, crispy cream style donuts. Ooh. Look, about, loaded about, with stuff. About voodoo donut. Yeah. I think I take Krispy Kreme over voodoo donut. Oh, I would too. I love Krispy yeah. Kreme. Oh donuts. yeah, me too. So it's so, I don't know. I don't get a, uh, comparing it to Voodoo. Everglaze is I just wanted to take same. a shot at Universal. Oh, that makes sense. Everglaze is the same gimmick as Voodoo Donuts. Not exactly the same because Voodoo Donuts has darker donuts, which I think it's fun, but in a Krispy Kreme style donut. Mm-hmm. And you can watch them make donuts. Um, the person who I was with got a fruit, Fruity Pebbles donut, and she also said that was amazing. I'm going to try that. I want to go there and get donuts. You have to wait till my 75 hearts over. Thanks. <laughs> the lines will die down a bit. Did did you, uh, why didn't you queue up for Gideon's and wait 11 hours? Oh, Absolutely. No, yeah. never. I mean, what, 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 it's not cool to wait 11 hours for a dang cookie. <laughs> oh, I guess not. I'd rather wait 15. I got in the, um, virtual queue for Everglaze and it wasn't even 15 minutes later. I got a text from them. Nice. To come well, get cl- well clearly that, that means it's not good if you don't have to wait 11 hours, right? I mean, I think it's just yes. underrated. That is how logic works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bunch of losers. It's a cookie. All Jesus. right. Let's chant underrated for Everglades. So, underrated. Now you're just going to make all the people go there. Um, so <laughs> here are my, here's what I think of it all. The coffees wow. are yeah. bad. Yes. Um, they do not live up to my expectations of a specialties Joffrey Coffrey. Coffrey. Well, that's definitely a copyright strike, but a copyright strike well worth um, it. Audio jungle. There we go. Thank you, Garrett. So donuts good, coffee bad. Nice. Normally the coffee at Joffrey's is really good. I'm really disappointed. They let me down. Mm, I'm sorry. She talked a lot. It was my segment. <laughs> That's your takeaway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your mom likes to take people down. I know. I started crying, and she still has something to say. <laughs> Aw, stop crying. She's a roaster. I, I think I'm funny, but apparently I hurt feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well... Joffrey's is probably stinging a little bit after that uh, searing review by McKenna Monorail. I love Joffrey's and people should still go. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they're going to send someone after you. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh my God. Joffrey. King, King no. Joffrey himself is oh coming God. after Wait, no. Depending on how far you've watched into Game of Thrones, he may or may not still be able to. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you for that review. That was fun. I'm glad we got to do was it. Was it fun? And I think, you know, you enjoyed your experience drinking them and then the oh, byproduct thereof. Um, I had to take several naps to try to <laughs> ease the pain I was feeling. Yeah. 
Don't do. Don't try to drink coffee around the world. I think is the lesson. Yeah, I thought you were just gonna say, "Don't do this." Don't do this. Never don't do this. You can drink one. Don't I'd drink do it four. again. No. My takeaway is I'd do it again. <laughs> that makes no sense. I don't like what I just did, but if I could do it again, I would. Yeah. It was fun. It was. You something. just said it wasn't. It was like it was. It's about the friends you make along the way. <laughs> You know? It's the journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So. Very good. Well, thanks, Kenna. You're welcome, I guess. That's going to wrap up the show for the day. Oh, no. It, yeah. That was the candy topping on top of this Monday morning monorail latte. I could go for coffee, actually. We have some in the kitchen. No, I drink Not it all. that coffee. I want to go get <clears throat> fancy coffee that costs like $10. <clears throat> Get a job. Ah, the good coffee. (laughs) We're going to do our plugs now. We're going to begin with Garrett. Skelligummy everywhere. Skelligummy everywhere. That's YouTube. That's Twitter. That's TikTok. Mm -hmm. Instagram. Are you on Instagram? Did you block me on TikTok? I'm on it. I I did, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Ow. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Go check it out. I don't have Didn't you say you're on Tumblr last week? I did not say anything about Tumblr. Okay, all right. I made that up. Really, he, did. he did say it. I said nothing about it. He Tumblr. said it. He said I it. only have three social medias, so. And you can follow her at? No. LiveJournal, exactly. MySpace, and I, Friendster. Actually, okay, I have four because I do have a MySpace. Nice. Good oh, job. Yeah. You're one of the seven people that still has a MySpace. You can't even form a top eight. Because you literally that can't people on MySpace. use it's MySpace. About, it's about to be eight. Donald Trump. i'm huge on myspace tom just added me as his friend best friend tom okay um trump's gonna be the last friend in my list Uh well at least he's in the top eight he's in the top eight still in the top eight eight. it counts suck it losers (laughs) all right (laughs) landon how about you are you on the myspace no, nope, not on MySpace, but uh, you, you can, and I encourage you to follow me at L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where I already said you can follow me. 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips! Sit on your butt and munch! Yeah, shout out to our alien friends. We are huge in Mars, y'all. <laughs> huge the in Mars. Mars numbers are off the charts. In fact, they're not even on the charts. That's how off the charts they are. Um, uh, but in lieu of that, go to the iTunes store and search for Near Fall Radio. That's where you can uh, find me and Will Rab waxing poetic on the sweet signs of professional wrestling. I said we were going to have a new episode last week, but, uh, you know, a little uh, shooting here, brother. Uh, I live in Knoxville. Rab lives in Winchester, Tennessee, but his uh, webs or it, Radio station, rather, uh, is the home for Tennessee football and all Vol stuff. Oh, On yeah. Monday, they <laughs> fired their football coach at the University of Tennessee, and it was uh, hell yeah. on earth there for a couple of days. So uh, we were not able to record. Hopefully, we're going to join each other in the virtual studios this week to talk about uh, some stuff inside the squared circle. But uh, I also appear on the Phil Show, News Talk 987.com, uh, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com, also available in the Newstalk987 app and the iHeartRadio app as well. And once again, shout out to Skipper Bob. I was on the color commentary for the first ever women's battle royal on the Cretans Guild Wrestling 
Network. Super fun. Sam uh, didn't bring home the strap, unfortunately, but uh, good times were had by most, if not all. If yeah, I do way to switch so your myself. loyalties at the end. Thanks. What? We would love you all to be a part of the Monorail family. You know what? If you're listening here right now, you are part of the Monorail family, but you can engage with us further by joining the Monday Morning Monorail family group on Facebook. You can follow us at Morning Monorail on Twitter. Monday Morning Monorail everywhere else, although keep your eyes out because I may be adjusting some of our handles as we move into the era of Morning Monorail, baby. It's coming. Watch for the new logo, and I hope that you will join us on this journey and and bring your friends. There's plenty of room on the monorail for everybody. Let people know you're enjoying the show. We'd love to have everybody join us Tuesday nights, by the way. The Parks and Monorail's most magical hour live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Dillo's Diz YouTube. That's hosted by Jen and Frank, Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. Look for Dillo's Diz on YouTube. Or you can watch it stream on the Monday Morning Monorail family group on Facebook. We hope you have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.